everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, we are a happily married couple, usually pretty happily married, with four kids that sometimes aren't usually very happily married to us or something. They don't, they're not don't married know. to us. Um, yeah, ages 10 through um, three, although we're in the birthday season, so things are rapidly changing there. Uh, this is yes. episode, this is November, Tuesday, November 30th, episode 75, and it's almost the end of the year, babe. Yep, one week from tomorrow, we will have an 11-year-old. I'm going to take off my hoodie again. How wild <clears throat> is that? And you said he was a he was a preteen now? I think an 11-year-old is considered a preteen. Yep. Huh. Huh. I almost, it's so close to the end of the year, I almost started another company today, but then I thought, you know, I'm going to wait till the first of the year, then I don't have to file taxes when I do this little entrepreneurial thing. You're doing an entrepreneurial? I think so, yeah. I think I'm going to do this uh, uh, Helium network. I'm going to buy some nodes and put them around town and make money, split the proceeds with people. Kind of like the ATM Bitcoin thing, but with wireless networking instead. So I'll basically mine Helium. Profits Helium look pretty good. Being Helium being the name of a something something. Yes, online. it is the name, not the very valuable thing that makes our voices high. No, and makes balloons fun, but is also really important for some something the government does. No, Helium is the name of a peer-driven blockchain network that does Internet of Things. So low-power devices like all those things that randomly connect to the internet, like your refrigerator now and your toaster and your tile and your you know dog finder pet collar and all those things um they are uh they're running now off of uh they're beginning to run now off of a network called helium and so when you put up a node you become part of that network similar to a wireless hotspot in your house you basically become this giant hotspot for the community and anytime somebody accesses it it's um, anytime somebody accesses it, it uh, you you basically mine more helium. And currently, a helium token is about forty bucks. So over a thirty day period, you could mine anywhere between ten and thirty, depending on usage. Okay. Yeah, and you're not using your own computer; you're using a dedicated standalone computer. You're simply connecting it to uh, you're sharing your internet, but it's isolated from the rest of your the rest of your networking. Okay. Kind of clever. Interesting. Yeah. Super Very cool. Interesting. Okay. Super cool. Comment. In fact, uh, it was what interested me is I was looking at hardware. Um, there's a company that does the network protocol. It's not Bluetooth. It's not AirPlay. It's called Laura. That's the network protocol. Like the girl's for, name. Yeah, the Helium Network. Laura. L O R A. Oh. And it's being invested in enough right now. Comcast has a whole wing. Uh, they've got a whole company that manufactures the cellular version of that hardware. So this isn't cellular. This is a, those radio antennas are really expensive. This is uh, I think it's complex. This is just a wireless networking thing. There's two nodes in our area already. The more nodes you have, the more money you can potentially make. How cool is that? So all that that was super long winded, and I didn't intend to go into that. I was okay. simply saying, I was like, well, I would just want to set it up as a as a separate LLC. And then I thought, you know, it's November 30th. I'm mm-hmm. going to wait till the first of the year and then I don't have to worry about tax filing for a company that didn't exist okay. three, three hours ago. Okay. Anyway, I do have, um, I had a friend send me a recap on the voiceover project. I crushed it, he said. So. Okay. Yeah, it was really, so that was cool. Um, but I, a friend sent me a podcast. And I think it's called my phone here. Is this the one you were just telling me about? It's the one I was just telling you about. And I'm not going to talk about it. Can't wait to see why you're late bringing it up. I'm not going to talk about (laughs) it so much as uh, a thought that it it prompted. Something I was musing about. Okay. Um, The podcast really is kind of irrelevant, but it's called Canary Cry News. um, And... Obviously, I think the concept is a little bit like the canary in the coal mine. They have this whole, we're going to give you a, you know, a Christian take on um, the headlines of the week. And I, 
it was okay. I won't go into a critique of it, but it's not really my, my cup of tea. Um, they have some good points, but they spend too much time making fun of things like people's names and not bothering to learn how to pronounce things. So there's an air of professionalism that just isn't mm. really there. But all that to say is like, I'm really kind of, and then you read me this blog post from a gal. Um, and I just kind of got like, I, does anybody do anything for fun anymore? <laughs> Everybody's got an agenda with everything they write, post, publish, produce, or otherwise make. And it's really starting to get on my nerves. Like I just, I was just, after you read me that blog post, I got super fatigued all of a sudden on just all the noise around us, Yeah. be it news, be it blogs, be it whatever. And I mean, I guess with our podcast, we... We're contributing know, to that. Well, are we? Hopefully Do we have an agenda? Not, hopefully we're not making... I hope we don't have an agenda. agenda. Is, like, I feel like it's edification. Oh, by the way, like, I have a meme I have to show you. Does anybody do anything for fun anymore? I have a meme I have to show you. And then we'll post it in various places so you guys can see it. But I feel like this totally describes us. It's It says how it feels to listen to a podcast. And it's a billboard with three people, like three women sitting around eating something. And then there's a guy sitting next to it acting like he's part of the fun billboard. <laughs> it says how it, I think I said this, how it feels to listen to a podcast. And I feel uh... like like that. I hope kind of that's us, only it's not him with... I guess it's an ice cream ad. It's it's pretty clever. Creme helado. Um, it's a Hispanic ice cream ad. But uh, I I feel like you guys are listening to our conversation as part of our conversation, and then if you you give us feedback and join the conversation and keep it going, it's it's not quite. Like you're sitting next to yeah, a billboard I mean, I, enjoying your ice cream with pictures. It's, it's but. not like we started. We didn't start our podcast because we're like, hey, we there's um, there's really horrible marriage people in the world. So we're going to start a marriage compact, uh, podcast and, and just talk about how to have a great marriage. We're going to try to push great marriages. Well, that's a noble thing. But why did we start our podcast? I think we just thought I wanted to do another podcast. You thought it would be fun, and we had a great name. I thought name. you should use me as your star content. Yeah, assistant. and we just we just, <laughs> <laughs> we just we just thought it'd be fun. Like I'm not, I don't have, I I, I actually can honestly say I don't really have an I don't have an agenda with our podcast. Like I want to be entertaining, but that I think I stems think from us being us, us edifying. In a disarming, down-to-earth... Right. I think it comes from us enjoying what we do. You know, like That's it's just, true. I don't do this because I have like something, um, a message or something I'm trying to get across. I do this because it's just fun. Yeah. It's just something, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Like, And so I was kind of thinking, does anybody do anything for fun anymore? <laughs> just, who's, got, who's actually out there writing for, for the fun of it? Who's actually writing, taking pictures for the fun of it? Who's podcasting besides us for the fun of it like you know that's interesting because i have two two thoughts and i'm trying to decide which path to go down first i'm going to throw this out as the first path and then i'm going to go down the second path if i can remember it because i think it sounds more fun the first path is okay so you guys know that i work with this organization called canavox and we do all sorts of things regarding marriage and sexuality in trying to shore up the the home base, if you will, and we, I, for part of a phone call discussion that I was on today, I got to read the end of the last chapter of Abigail Schreier's new book, new-ish, Irreversible Damage, which has been banned on Amazon and got a lot of press because she was, I think it was maybe banned by Target too. She was deemed so controversial and so dangerous and people are going to kill themselves because of the things that you're saying and i i mean truly i i googled her because i long story short i was looking for an article with a slightly different tone and angle that she would have done promoting her book than what i had just read and i didn't have time to read the pages and pages and it was a very 50-50 split in terms of my Duck, duck, no, I was using Brave. Was I? I think I was on my iPad, so I was using Brave, not DuckDuckGo. But I did the search and got very split results between people saying she's dangerous, she's going to kill all these 
mentally unstable kids and the other side that's saying she's got this really important, powerful message. And what's really interesting about her, and I think Anna brought this up in our Telegram channel where we were talking about her, about Abigail Schreier. She said what's interesting is that she's not a Christian, so she doesn't come with the God made them male and female and hear me in the right tone when I say this baggage like she doesn't have the Christian baggage where it, it I don't think Christianity is baggage I'm not apparently Rachel Held Evans has a new book new book she's been dead for like a year and a half but somebody took her notes on a book and turned it into a quote-unquote new book that she wrote like half of and the other half is the spirit of her anyway she would talk about Christian baggage I'm so well, off topic no, look, I can't even remember the second trailer I was going there's down whole, now. there's whole discussions Molly you know this there's whole discussions on on spiritual trauma and yeah no, trauma. no no like I just read, I don't mean I when I, I say baggage I don't mean that I mean that when you go into the public sphere or you have a teenager come to you and say I'm I'm actually a boy trapped in a girl's body. Um, scripture informs how you respond, and Scripture grounds you in truth. I 100% believe that. I don't think that Scripture is going to convince that kid or that kid's therapist or that kid's doctor what you need is someone who... Not, I mean, you need a both-and approach. You need Scripture to help you love them. You need Scripture to keep you grounded. It's also extremely helpful to have the perspective of someone who was a totally dispassionate observer of this phenomenon until she started digging into this phenomenon called rapid gender, rapid onset gender dysphoria, which is predominantly teenage girls deciding in their early anywhere in their teens that they need to go through a social and a medical transition right now. And she she compares it to the social contagion of things like bulimia and anorexia. And oh, what's that? Malcolm Gladwell's book. Uh, what's it called? The Malcolm Gladwell book about social contagion. It's oh, very... Yeah. It's not blank. It's the original one. Anyway... In a lot of ways, rapid onset gender dysphoria is similar to that. The thing that just grabbed me about the excerpt of her book that I was able to read was she had tangible action steps for parents to take. And where I was going with this, I don't remember what we were talking about. That we made were me talking about being fatigued because everyone has an agenda. Oh, right. She said, it is indisputable that in 2007 mental health issues in young women skyrocketed. You know what happened in 2007? The iPhone. Oh, snap. There is a... I knew the iPhone was a problem. It is. In her her research and her interpretation of her research, there is a direct correlation between social media usage in young women and... A dramatic rise of mental health issues in young women. And so one of her things is hold the line. Your girls absolutely do not need a smartphone or social media. And she was, and I think there, I know wise and deliberate parents who are trying to shepherd. I think you need to do this. I think you need. You can't just keep your kids full stop from having any online access or an, and I say this as having a preteen, but I've, I've heard a lot of thoughtful parents discuss, no, my kids do have smartphones and I am letting my kids dabble in social media as high school students because then they, they go off to college and they're not under my roof anymore and they have no idea how to lim- how to have self-control uh, with their screen time. They have no idea how to engage with people what are you looking at? I thought your finger was really swollen around the ring, but oh, then I noticed the way the light was hitting it. It's that you're wearing two rings. Uh, I found this one on <laughs> the edge colored. of the sink, and it almost went down the garbage. It looked like off. it looked like the ring Dad, was just totally smashed this, against. This was my purity ring. You have a purity. Let me see that. Yes. Is there a verse put on there? Somewhere? No, it's just a gold band. I think I was in junior high, and the whole church I should go find with all of the elementary or all of the junior high and high school kids had the parents do the whole true love waits thing. 
guys, I was just wearing my purity ring. And I'm not scarred by being a part of that culture. Okay, put it back on my finger. You can't. It's too small for you. You're not pure anymore, baby. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Sorry. Bad joke. Sex within marriage is pure. I'm not a virgin anymore, (laughs) but I'm pure. Uh, Anywho... So, rabbit so, trail. Okay, so the first rabbit trail with, is anybody having fun anymore? Not if they're on their phones. No, they're not. <sighs> there it is. I mean, it, I also, again, Canavox, the Project Manhood stuff, the the one this week was on boys and video games, and the guy speaking makes the point that back when you, JR, were playing video games with your brother on... On a first PS3. generation computer. No, I mean before that. Oh yeah, like he, old school. So, so Lucas mentions in the video, he and his dad had a stomach bug or something when he was like an early teenager, and they locked, they quarantined themselves back before quarantine was a word. They quarantined themselves in a bedroom, the two of them, and they played like Tetris or something, literally for two days straight. But for him, he talks about shoulder to shoulder male bonding where guys bond and form true friendships that should go deeper and be good conversation growing together. But you start it by doing stuff together is how guys form. He calls them shoulder to shoulder friendships and, and dads can do shoulder to shoulder friendships. So video games back then were shoulder to shoulder, accomplish it, beat it together sort of thing. Now they're designed to be addictive. And so his big thing is, you know, let your kids play video games, but set parameters around them and then make them go do something in real life and do it with them. So, again, when I say nobody's having fun online, you think you're having fun, but it's an illusion. It's not real life. And I say this with like full knowledge that I I was struck by the Abigail Schreier thing today because I need to model to my kids having more of a life. I mean, I'm not posting pictures. One of the things she says is... Part of what makes social media so hard for kids who are confused and struggling, and that's what teenagers are in general. She's like, let's let's half the adults let's I know. No- are well, yeah, and but let's normalize the the mental chaos that a teenager going through puberty experiences. That's normal because, like a butterfly in a cocoon that's emerging into a caterpillar in a cocoon, that's in a chrysalis, sorry, I'm going to keep my science facts straight, that they literally dissolve into mush and then God miraculously reassembles the caterpillar into a butterfly. The teenage brain kind of does that, which months ago we've talked about teenage mush brain, where their brains actually kind of dissolve and then reassemble into the mature adult brain that they have in their mid-20s. But during mush brain stage for both boys and girls... Things are scary. Things are chaotic. Uh, they're they're designed by God to push boundaries and test limits. And we as parents are here to scaffold them up and protect them by providing boundaries, loving boundaries during the midst of all of this chaos and boundary pushing that their brains are designed to do in puberty. But anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, she just says when they're doing that, the things that they say on social media can feel they can feel locked into them. And so if they announce that they're transitioning on social media, it's a lot harder to and they get celebrated. You know, like this. The thing is, you get you get all these accolades and whatnot. Now, it's really hard to they call them to desist, to stop the transition, to go back to your biological to match your gender to your biological sex. Because you've you've made this you're, you're you're public with it on social media, and so she's like you know just like you know you as a parent posting pictures of your kid at their piano recital and posting pictures of them doing this and doing that, you know, and then all of a sudden why aren't there any more pictures of your kid practicing and playing piano? Why aren't there any more? You know, the classic. I haven't seen your husband in that in any photos in like the last six months. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I hate to say there? this, but your your Nate your profile name went from your first and last name to your first and middle stalking, name. Stalking those people at church. Hey, have you seen those photos recently? Some, who's that guy? <laughs> um, I, the same concept, I think, can apply even to 
uh, careers and mail stuff. Like I built a huge Twitter following back when I was doing a lot of video work. I had like 3,500, 4,000. I think I was pushing, I was pushing, you know, almost a lot of, a lot of followers and they were all legit followers. They weren't bots or anything like that. But my whole brand, my whole profile was built around video work. And then you get done with video work and you're like, now what do I do? Now what do I do? And so you suddenly have this kind of uh, lack of some online persona or online identity. You, You would never have that drama or that stress if you didn't have all that stuff. And I, one of the reasons why it's inconvenient, sure, in a lot of capacities, like this weekend, um, it's inconvenient to have my current phone and not have my fancy iPhone or have a full Android phone or any of the full things. It's inconvenient, like this weekend when I was going to the cabin, I forgot my wallet at home. The one app that doesn't want to run on my, on this particular software is my gas my gas card app. So I can't just log onto the app, pick my pump, pay, get my rewards and be gone. Like it just doesn't work. So, you know, in that capacity, it's inconvenient, but you know, I don't load social apps. I can, but I don't, I don't load the social apps on my phone. Things are complicated. Some things are convoluted. And so what I have though, is I have this brilliant smartphone without all of the crappy distractions all the time. You know, I can, I can browse the internet. I can, I can do a search for something if I want to, I can look up a few things if I want to, I can check my bank account. Um, but I I can send money back and forth via Venmo or whatever, but I don't have like, I don't have the ease of access for Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and all of the time wasters in life that are meaningless. Like one of the questions I always ask is when you, you or I are on the phone, you know, sitting on our phones doing whatever. I'm like, what would we be doing right now if we didn't have these devices in front of us? Would mm-hmm. we be talking? Folding laundry. Folding laundry. Would I be out <laughs> doing something in the shop? Would I be down in my studio? Like, what would I be doing right now? And I, and I, you know, I do enjoy some downtime and playing a video game every now and then or watching TV. Um, but it's just, there's so, I feel like they interrupt our lives so much that we can tell our kids, hey, this is really bad for you. Don't have one of these. And they're like, well, you're on it all the time. Yeah, right? It's really bad for you. You tell me not to, you know, you don't want me to text and drive. Well, you freaking text and drive all the time. You know, and it's like, hmm. You know, so then you start wondering, do we make like really elaborate like changes and say, okay, you know, no more, no more phones in the house between three and nine at night. You know, people call us, they can call us or we could just turn them off. You can turn them off. You're not going to miss anything. You're not actually, you're really legit not going to miss anything. You go to the ca- we'll go to the cabin for a week, you guys, and we'll come back. Guess what we've missed? Nothing. Almost nothing. Almost nothing. Sure, I have some emails to check up on, but they're almost all spam. And I've got maybe a few texts, but again, nobody's dead. No, there might be the one time we come back and somebody's died while you were gone. But but social media wouldn't have made that. So much, you know, you don't miss anything. It's just, it's amazing. So I, I you know, you would. Would people be having more fun? I I actually wonder if we didn't have all of this constant barrage of stuff in front of us. Well, I know for the fact that we wouldn't have a lot of the discussions. And some of the discussions are good, but others are like, what's triggered all of the cultural commentary stuff? Twitter. You know, why are people feel compelled to like respond to daily headlines that, you know, really the headlines are talking about? I haven't heard or seen any of this stuff and it just doesn't change my life at all you know it's like well, you've heard the why? joke about what what should america do about the omicron variant that's come to america turn off the news and go outside is it here now yeah well <laughs> i mean it de- it depends on who you ask just um, the fact i like the fact that these are always discovered by quote unquote sci- these are quote unquote discovered by quote unquote scientists and it's like okay Maybe you're a scientist, but it's well, not scientists. like, right. But how did it show up? Did somebody show up in the hospital with this thing and somebody decided to test it and play with it? What made them, what made them presume it's a different variant than other variants? Because this one has 
30 different spike proteins than the Delta How'd they find out and what made them prompt to look for it? I, they're always testing it. They're always testing it. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I mean, it just the, makes me, it's just Yeah, bad. capital S science. Scientism nah. in the United States. But, but I mean. <clears throat> anyway. Here's, here's, here's the, um, the scare I'm people off commentary for the day. But the, the, when they made the vaccine, the claim was that it would be good for like two variations from the original spike protein. And the Delta variant is like two variations from the original spike protein. So, and we know that with the Delta variant effectiveness, depending on who you ask, dropped from anywhere from 20% to 60%, depending on who you ask, effectiveness, the vaccine did, like Pfizer. Uh, the Omicron variant has 30 spike proteins that have mutated that are different from the original one. There's So this whole, like, we need to get people even more boosted to, when, to battle the Omicron variant, the, the vaccine is worthless. It's completely Here's- worthless for it. Um, the, the, the bad news is there's bad news and good news from what I've, from what I understand, the bad news is that natural immunity probably also is not effective against Omicron because it's so different that your body will probably not recognize it like the flu from season to season. It changes enough that you can get the flu. Like the good news is it supposedly came out of South Africa and all the South African doctors are like, seriously, it does, you don't even lose your taste and smell. What mutations that aren't <clears throat> vaccine leaky vaccine driven, what mutations do <laughs> is viruses become more contagious and less deadly as they mutate. That's what they do because they're in nature. They are designed to survive. They design their viruses spread and infect hosts. And if you kill your host, you don't get to spread anymore. So you want to become more, a virus wants to become more contagious, but less deadly in order to spread more. That's what viruses tend to do if left in the wild, so to speak. So Omicron is like a couple of days of achiness and nothing else. That's what all the South African doctors who have identified it are saying. So it doesn't fit I mean, the narrative, Molly. People are out there like, oh, we're losing control no, no, of society. York, New York is we're completely losing, shut down. We're losing, over we're, it. We're, we're losing some profits. We're losing uh, control. We've got to, and they just shut down. You know, if we didn't have social media, now this would be a problem. Okay. 24 hour news cycle. I am trying issue. desperately to try to remember <sighs> what the more interesting, happy path stupidity. that I was trying to go down when. In the original. Fatigue. Well, it was. I I don't know if this is it or not, but I'm going to go here. You should write notes as you talk. Anyway, I know. I should. I actually thought about writing it down. I was like, no, I'm not going to talk that long. I'll remember. This is just a quick. That never happens. Okay, here's another quick talking. I have had somebody else ask me about the venison roast recipe. So I will send it to you, and you need to put it in the show notes the roast beef. Okay. Recipe, so it's actually permanently in the show notes of one of our. Show well, if it's things. that good, we should permanently put it on our blog too. That we never. Well, use. that's true. I I just we use have somebody a blog else's that recipe. Use. I don't have time dun, dun, to. Dun, 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 I don't have time to flush, let alone. Uh, blog. So, this last Sunday was the first Sunday in Advent, and I swear I heard a quote, sometime in my listening or skimming of things prior to like leading up to advent that said hope is a uniquely christian thing and just a few minutes ago i was trying to do a search for it as you are right now i'm writing notes okay this is how i come up with the show notes for the show i just write down so write venison most you guys know all the secrets abigail schreier i've got her down irreversible damage was the book is the book yeah you can't link it on amazon because i don't think amazon sells it good Link everything. Christian book distributors sell. I would rather not take a profit. Barnes and Noble sells it. I'm pretty sure. I'd rather not take a measly profit uh, and send people somewhere else than than give. So I tried to look it up, and all I got was you guys know what Q talks are. They're kind of like TED talks, but kind of progressive Christian thingies. Some of them are good, and some of them are. eh. I was invited to a not to speak at a Q convention, but I was invited to go to a Q 
convention. Yeah, there's a blonde. I think he's blonde. He's a pretty boy. Um, well, this runs guy it, looked a lot like runs it out of like Nashville. The first thing the I came up with was was a guy talking who looked an awful lot like Rob Bell, and I was like, uh, yeah. And he was he was the one who said hope is a uniquely Christian virtue, and then he kind of like didn't say anything meaningful. Then he tore it down. Well, no, he didn't tear it down, but he didn't. And that's dumb. When I was doing a search for it, I didn't get a real, as punchy and clear of a statement about why as I was hoping for, even from someone who looked like Rob Bell. Maybe it was him like 10 years ago. You'll have to uh, cue ideas. Yeah. So I, but I've Uh, I've been thinking about that quote a lot and particularly the... Line from the song, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new... Gabe Lyons. Gabe and Rebecca Lyons. That's who said that quote? or that's No, that's who founded Q. Uh, As a platform to help leaders and influencers engage culture from a biblical worldview. The problem is everybody that usually comes to these that I've seen, not... I feel like Andrew Peterson has... Ben on QIDs, which, by the way, this is going to be called the frenetic show. If you guys, <laughs> speaking of Andrew Peterson, he's doing his live stream of Behold the Lamb of God. The live, the live live stream is Monday, this coming Monday, December what sixth. But if you buy a ticket to the li- an online ticket to the live stream. And please don't rub it in, those of you who might have the chance to go see it live, because we will someday, but today is not that day. Uh, you can re-watch it as many times as you want Ouch. until the end of January, and it is a phenomenal concert, just so edifying, so tells the whole story of Jesus coming, and uh, just tremendous fun and encouragement to watch. But I would strongly encourage you to consider spending, I think it's $20 for a live stream ticket. It's well worth the money if you're into that sort of thing and you want to take our word for it. They've um, got some interesting little videos here. I don't recognize anybody in the videos. But we're not talking about Q ideas. Sorry. Maybe it's clever now. Maybe it's interesting now. Uh, I what, it, what made me think of Andrew Peterson is I think he's done a Q ideas thing. But uh, um, I'm, Our listeners will be able to tell. They'll listen and go, yeah, it's good stuff, or, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, No, I've just been thinking, there are a couple of areas in my life where I've been feeling what I think I would describe as a lack of hope or a loss of hope. And I think that the season of Advent is particularly apt for that sentiment right now obviously because it's it's a season of recognizing that we wait in hope for things that we know God has promised and a rescue that God has guaranteed will take place but it he doesn't rescue us in our time or as we know from the Pharisees in the way that we expect like Elise asked me just today why did they kill Jesus? And, well, that's a really great question. Because he defied local laws. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to... There's a conspiracy. There's a lot of different ways to slice that Early QAnon. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, at at root, why did they, they kill Jesus? Because it was part of God's plan to save the world, that his son would come to die at the hands of evil people, but they were also evil people who, in in our kids's, um, what's it called? Our kids' children's church is during the sermon. TCW, Training Your Children for Worship. Yeah, I was trying to think of the term that other people would understand, not a unique and weird to our church. Uh, Yeah, so children's church. Uh, During the sermon, (laughs) they, there's, there's been a consistent word picture that all of my kids have gravitated gravitated to, which is that confession is like taking the garbage out of your heart. So you have garbage in your heart that is your sin, and confessing is asking Jesus to take the garbage out of your heart. And that image has been really powerful for all of our kids, and I 
I remind it. I asked Elise about it. And I said, if you have garbage in your heart and you go take a bath, is that going to get the garbage out of your heart? And she was like, no. And I said, well, the, the people that killed Jesus didn't see that they had garbage in their heart. They thought that because they were keeping literally physically clean as well as following laws and being clean on the outside that they were deeply offended that Jesus would say that they had garbage on their heart and that made them dirty and separate from God and sinners. And it offended them deeply enough to want to kill him. But then there's also the the socio-political end of things where they were trying to maintain power and Jesus threatened their comfortable under the Roman semi-autonomous existence, which I didn't go into with her, but uh, kind of like with Pharaoh where God hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh hardened his own heart. It's a both and that evil people killed Jesus and they couldn't have done it unless it had been God's will for him to die. But anyway, where was I going with that? Goodness sakes. If you guys can follow this episode, more power to you. No, I so so in the season of Advent, that was a side trail from Jesus something they were coming. learning at children's church. Well, no, it was a side trail from God rescuing us in ways that we don't expect Him to do it in that way, and in ways in a timing that is certainly not ours. And I think that everybody here listening can probably identify with that in some way or another, but. The, um, the fact that, that we're in Advent, uh, I haven't given a ton of thought to, I just feel like we've been so frenetic in our lives. I haven't given a ton of thought to how to slow down and do Advent with our kids. I'm hoping the book I intend to do is, is in our book storage because it's not on my bookshelf. What book? It is called Jotham's Journey. Oh, that's a and good book. It's fun. It's we not. Re- we read that last year. We we did it a couple years ago. It's it's not new, but if you guys if you guys are doing Advent stuff with your kids, you've probably already done it by now, or you started it because depending on if you are following the church calendar and starting this last Sunday was the first Sunday in Advent. Uh, we typically start December first, but Jotham's Journey is a story of a little shepherd boy who gets separated from his parents and he has a series of misadventures that eventually lead him to Jesus. Spoiler alert, it's an Advent story. There's a there's a sequel to, to it. Actually, there's two of them. There's Ishtar's Odyssey and there's Tabitha's Travels and they're all by a guy named Arnold Yitreid. I don't know. Um, oh, there's another one, Bartholomew's Passage. I only knew about some of them. And then there's an Easter one, too. But uh, all of our kids seem to like the the suspense, which there is genuinely, for a kid's book, some exciting suspense in it. And it's got a story, a piece of the story every day going up to Christmas. So I was planning to do that. And then also the small online company, Tiny Theologians, has cool uh, just flashcards, a lot of ABCs of theology, ABCs of the characteristics of God, and I own several of those, as well as the ABCs of Christmas. So A is Advent, B is Bethlehem, C is Christ, or something like that, and you do, it's 26 letters in the alphabet, 25 days in December, so if we were to start today, we could how do they do the? How do they do the 26th thing, then? Do you have to start the day before? Yeah, or just do a couple a day. I, you probably don't remember. We did do this last year, and we missed days, so we only made it to maybe M anyway. Oh. So maybe we'll go backwards. We'll it's do probably it. all packed up in the stuff I started pulling out. We brought a Christmas tree home, and um, I started, I needed to start, <sighs> my garage was a mess. I need to work out again. I'm home, and so I had to bring some Christmas decorations in a little bit early, but I needed to get them out mm. of the... I never put them away the last tree year. Is, the tree is up, so we're <clears throat> yeah. ready to do the full But thing. I never put away... 
I also recognize you're trying to get school done with the kids and things, and we got a messy house, and um, I couldn't have a fire in my wood stove out in the shop because all of the yeah, Christmas stuff was stacked around it because I never, I ran out of space and never put everything away. And so two things: crazy. one, I'm battling if I'm going to try to do more school between not not more school. What I'm going to do for school between now and Christmas because. Mm-hmm. The Read Aloud Revival gal, Sarah McKenzie, has a Christmas school where, and I got several of the books. I ordered some on Amazon, and then I got some at the library. And you do, there's an author-illustrator that she loved named Tommy De Paula, and he just died this last year. So Christmas School from Read Aloud Revival is one of his books per week, and the whole packet that comes if you're, uh, your mom gave me Read Aloud Revival Premium for my birthday for a year. Aww. But you can also subscribe to it just for the month of December. And it's got crafts and it's got recipes and it's got science and nature things. Like in the book that we read this year called, or today, called The Christmas Clown, one of the activities, there's a, there's a page in it where it says that the stars look like somebody had taken a handful of jewels and thrown them across the sky. And so she says to download the sky sky guide app sky guide. and go look at the stars which sky if you guys awesome. don't have the sky guide app we love taking people to our cabin and turning it on because there's n- literally zero there's no electricity we're the only place it's a it's an old homestead so for miles and miles we're the only residents it's one of those places where if you're out of the middle of the you can actually see the milky way because there's it's no so there's thick. zero light pollution so if yeah. there's no clouds it's astonishing how many stars there are. And this app, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is GPS oriented. And you can point your phone, your smartphone, <clears throat> at the sky. Or you guys, you can buy what I've actually discovered works really well for me now is I rely far more on my tablet that I don't have in my pocket all the time. I don't run around with. And so I have some of those more app oriented things on my tablet. So you could point, actually, that would be kind of fun as long as you didn't drop it on your kid's face. Yeah. Uh, so or you the could, kids drop it on but a you guys, you can point it at the sky and it tells you, oh, that's Jupiter. Oh, that's Saturn. From our back door, we can see Jupiter and Saturn almost every night. Sometimes Venus. I never knew that growing up. It is astonishing to me that we can see planets with our bare eyes. I find that incredible. I always thought that they were just so far out there. And then we get Sky Guide, and it's the... Is it... Which one is it? Is it Venus is the brightest one, and one of the first ones to appear in our night sky almost mm-hmm. every night. And it's right it's right out of our back door, you guys. We can see the Beartooth Mountains. They're like 90... Jupiter comes up next, I like think, usually. 90 miles away. But we can see them from our... As long as nobody builds behind us, we can see them... And there's a planet right above there. And you point your phone your phone at it with Sky Guide on, and you can move the phone around, and it'll point out different stars. Sometimes you can identify a satellite. And then it'll also help you see constellations. And again, growing up, yeah, I can see Orion's Belt and the Big Dipper. And that's about it. And all of the other... Did you ever have one of those spinny star things where you like spin it according to what day it is and it shows you what your night sky could be? And it's, it's, I think so, yeah, incredibly confusing. And this, you just point it at the sky and you know exactly how they made, how the ancient Greeks and even more ancient people came up with, oh, this is, this is a horse or a man with a sword sitting on a horse. Sort of thing. Anyway, strongly recommend Sky Guide. All of that to say, that was a recommendation for school this week. I'm going to add in some My Father's World. I don't think anybody's going to be building behind us anytime soon. Yeah. You guys, okay. my buddy Ty was looking at buying a house a lot and building on it. So he got a quote to build in this neighborhood. They wanted $280, square, uh, $280 per square foot. If you do the math on... Plus 90000 for... On what I'm going to say is an average, you know, modest 3,500 square foot home. That's almost a million dollars. On top of 90000 bucks for the lot, on top of, you know, 20000 for the well, fifteen to 20000 for the septic, 
I don't think anybody's going to be building anytime soon because prices are outrageous. Unreal. There yeah. is a, there is some sort of, uh, there has to be some sort of correction, some sort of crash, some sort of something that's going to happen soon because it's not sustainable at those prices. Okay. The majority S- of America doesn't make that much money. No. Speaking of not sustainable, in the recent World Magazine where Jill Bells is on the cover as the Daniel of the Year. <laughs> That's, maybe, that's, guys, maybe we're the only ones in the world who think that's funny, but it's like me buying myself a world's best mom mug, coffee <laughs> mug. <laughs> I, I'm sure he didn't nominate himself. I'm and sure, but I think still. that the Bells are a tremendous family, and I love World and everything they do. I mean, I'm a second generation now. World, well, our kids are second generation. I grew up. World, with, do you for remember? Kids. God's Big World. God's Big World magazine. Yeah. The little we both grew up with yep. it, and now our kids are doing. World Watch, growing up with World. So, in... speaking of rabbit trail, you guys. Oh man! Speaking of quick We're rabbit trail, a mess today, you guys. I had mentioned on our Telegram channel that our Telegram group that my kids are huge fans of. No, we World mentioned Watch. on the show last week. Mentioned on the show last week. Yeah. And Anna, the Anna. Um, if you're on our Telegram group, you would know the Anna I'm talking about. She's the about. one who greets everybody. Goes, yeah. She goes, oh, and Hannah goes with me to, goes to church with me. And I told our girls at the cabin this weekend, or I oh, told yeah. all the kids, and I was like, guys, one of the, one of our, one of our fans on our listeners on the podcast said that Hannah goes to church with her. And Lily. And if you don't know Hannah, she's one of the reporters in World Watch. And Lily. 20-something. Elizabeth, um, our daughter. Her eyes get really big, and she gets this big grin on her face, and she says, "Really? <laughs> this is more celebrities. If we were to say we've got we've got a meet and greet for you with like I can't even think yeah. of it, you know, any pop culture person, our kids would be like, why? What? So so this, so funny enough. One thing I would love uh, if I can pull this off, it'd be fun to do next spring, is when we do that maybe East Coast trip on the way to your Canavox gathering." Go through, uh, what was it, Asheville, uh, where Anna's at and World Magazine is headquartered, and see if, I don't know. Myrna I, I don't and know Brian. if Paul, yeah, and John, our ad guy, Anna can invite Hannah, and then if, I don't know if Paul still lives in Chicago, but he's one of their, he's my old prof from my uh, counselor, my guidance, my student guy, I don't, forgot what you call him now, um, at Moody. He was my main, he was my main radio prof. And so it'd be funny to have like a big, like just get together at Anna's house. Apartment? Anna's apartment. Or at a coffee shop or something. <laughs> the coffee shop, pub. Anywhere. The kids. Anyway, that... that'd be super funny because then the kids would be like. <gasps> yeah. Where were we going with this? You interrupted uh, me. I interrupted you. You were talking about, um, uh, uh, oh shoot. You were talking about uh, <laughs> World Magazine and the latest. Oh, there's a you were talking about real estate bubbles. Yeah. There's a spread there that China has a tremendous real estate crash coming. Like there's entire basically cities of empty apartment buildings that companies built and are just sitting empty because people don't have there's not enough people and money to fill them. And they said the when when that crashes, like when the companies can't make payment on their debts, there's the potential for it to crash China's economy, which has global applications. You know, do you know that China just overtook Uganda's only international airport? Because Uganda financed it through China when they did a bit ex- big expansion, and they had, I think the word I saw was toxic terms in it. And China refused to renegotiate it. And so when Uganda missed a payment on their only international airport, China owns it. China took over Uganda's only international airport. And I've heard that this is coming, that China has been making strategic moves to take inroads into taking over most of Africa. But this is the first... Most of the world right now. There's a reason they're trying to control most of America's manufacturing. The fact that we live so heavily on China right now... Is terrible. Not a good thing at all. But, and especially believe understanding or believing as we do that they have malicious intent with that control but 
if that page, I should take a picture of it and we can post it somewhere. If that page is to be believed, China itself is in peril of a huge economic crash because they enabled uh, companies to create a huge bubble and it's it's about to, it, it's completely unstable and untenable and it will crash any day now. Yes, the economic uh, concept of supply and demand does seem to sometimes have its limits, <laughs> yeah. meaning, you know, eventually, but I think it will, at least in America, the construction prices, for instance, I feel like once supply chain issues have somewhat sorted themselves out and other new things come online, that prices will will settle a little bit. But the more we try to just pay people more money, the more we try to just continue. Print more money. All we're doing is adding zeros to everything. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a wash. Sort of. You know? Except our existing yeah. assets are devalued. Exactly. Uh, okay, so one final conversation topic. Mm. I've been thinking a lot. I don't even, what do I even put that in the show notes here? Put what China's real All this last, crash? the last 10 minutes of our conversation. What uh, did we even talk let about? Me, let me see. Remind <laughs> me. Remind me. And I'll see if I can find. Because Rob publishes a lot of their stuff online. Let me see if, and if I you can guys, find. if you guys think I'm like, I've taken up really, really heavy cigar smoking. I haven't. I've been struggling with uh, this random. With Omicron. Probably. With a sore throat morning and evening. And massive congestion. And then middle of the day, I'm totally fine. And then right about now, like now, I start to get congested again. And I can't, it's just, it's terrible. So anyway, um, I'm trying not to snort. Yeah, because you do that in the middle the of the snow. night and it's obnoxious. Oh, it's t- I can't breathe. We're a happily married couple until JR is snorting and grunting in the middle of the night. Because I can't breathe. So <sighs> people are weird and hard. Our, our third daughter, who will be seven in a month, third child, second daughter, seven in a month, has been, I don't, I think she's at a developmental age where she's recognizing strange interpersonal dynamics. This and is Elizabeth. Elise. Elise. And she, she's, she's not entirely cookie. oblivious to the fact, she's a little bit oblivious to the fact, but not entirely to the fact that she's sometimes part of the problem. And with her siblings, she's often a big part of the problem. But she'll tell me these stories, particularly in Sunday school. You know, so this last Sunday, some kid told me I was dumb because he didn't like how close my chair was to his chair. Okay. And what did you say in return? Nothing. I just moved away from him. Okay, that was probably a good good response and I can't remember she's told me another one that stuck with me is there's a pair of sisters who used to go to our church and they share names with a pair of sisters well these pair of sisters are close to Lisa's age they share names with another pair of sisters who are loosely related to us your sister-in-law's sister her older two daughters so I, Titus and Lily and I were talking about the older daughters of cousin Izzy's cousins. Oh, and Jared and Adri. Yes, thank you. And she, Elise, is like, "Are you talking about these girls who were mean to me in Sunday school?" And we were like, "No." She said they wouldn't let me sit by them, and if I tried to, they'd tell me that they didn't like me and I couldn't sit by them in Sunday school. And it made me. I asked her how it made her feel. And she was like, I just sat somewhere else. I don't need to be their friends. <laughs> and they don't go to our church anymore. And I assured her that they probably won't be back because they didn't leave our church under the greatest of circumstances. But that's beside the point. I was just thinking about how... Has anybody ever left our church on good circumstances other <laughs> yes. than moving? Uh, I was thinking about... Speaking of people are weird and hard. I was thinking about how kids... How do we train our kids that people are weird and hard... And as I've been thinking about it for about a week now, I think I would really, and I'm trying to crowdsource here a little bit, would really like to find a a book, and maybe we need to write the People Are Weird and Hard children's book, Kids Are Weird and Hard. But in the meanwhile, I would really like to awesome. find a With book. With all our time. I'm trying to think, so 
some of you let me get some thoughts of that book some of you parents will know what i'm talking about but there's a series of books that we have one of them is jesus and the very big surprise tales that tell the truth is this series god's very good idea about it's about diversity elise loved what's the the easter one that elise had mostly memorized when she was a kid the guard and the curtain and the cross elise is still a kid well, when she was like, face it, you're right. Uh, there's another like one three. called Anytime, Any Place, Any Prayer. There's one about Daniel in the lion's den. There's one about called There's a Lion in My Nativity or something. Anyway, something along, I'm, I would love to find something along those lines, but that's the story of the Good Samaritan. Just deeply embedding in our kids. It seems like a good starting place, at least, for how do you treat people who are not your natural friend or who are unkind to you, who, who whatever, but a parable seems like a great way to communicate to kids. You self-sacrificially love someone who, from the outward circumstances, feels like an enemy. And when they're unkind to you, you try to find ways to be kind in return and what whatever that looks like at a six or seven year old level, but you try to understand why are they being unkind? What are they afraid of? What what are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying to control? Which is probably because they're afraid of something. But I, she's told me enough weird interactions with other kids, and some of it, <laughs> some of it she comes by honestly. So. Last, our kids go to this outdoor science class. This is my last thing, and then I'm going to go make dinner for the kids for judo. The a couple of weeks ago, I had had a really long to do list to do during our kids' one and three quarters hour Audubon science class. I dropped the kids off and I took off, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I had maybe 20 minutes before I had to pick them up. And I had a Costco list that I absolutely had to do. And so I bust in there. And of course, I come out with, as you do at Costco, $100 more than I'd intended to spend. But Kerrygold butter was on sale. So I had to get butter. I actually saw a guy coming out only with the limit, the coupon limit of Kerrygold butter from the self-checkout stand. And I was like, go you. I came in for butter and came out with $150 worth of stuff. But... I pull into the lot. I'm totally on time to get the kids. And this mom is waiting there with a couple of little kids. She's waiting for her, turns out, son, who is in Elisa's class. And she goes, you made it. I saw you going into Costco while I was coming out. And I thought, there is no way she is going to pick her kids up on time. (laughs) I laughed and I said well I I was a woman on a mission and I only had a couple of things and I hit the lines just right and I made it and she introduced herself and of course I've forgotten her name and she was very friendly and I was like oh somebody wants to be friends with me oh and then her little boy runs up all the kids are running down this path because it's this outdoor Audubon-y if you're not familiar with Audubon there's they have nature centers and nobody on our show is familiar with Audubon Somebody on our show is going to be because these people. Well, what I mean, nobody out. Audubon is a national thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, the Audubon Society is a national thing, and they create nature centers for people. Okay, so dumb, dumb, dumb sideline, idiot Jr. moment. I recognized that this was related to Autobahn, but I did not make the connection to the Autobahn Society. Not the German, the German no, road. No, no, but I'm saying the Autobahn like oh. bird thing, but I didn't make the connection to the auto, yes. the official Autobahn Society. Yes. This That's is hilarious. A I thought we were just its own independent no, little this is a deal. branch of the national thing. <laughs> and so they get resources oh, for the I've science classes that like we do years. from their national thing. So, so the kids are running down this path and Elise, we don't call her Elise the Beast for nothing, you guys. She is just an incredible, and she is strong and she is fast and she's racing. She's, she's one of the oldest in this class of little kids. It's like kindergarten through 
third grade. Well, no, she's not. She's right in the middle. Anyway, she's bigger than everybody else in her class. And she she's they're all racing and she's the first one back. And she's like, I even beat the boys. And, you know, she's very proud of herself. And I didn't realize that they were racing until this other little kid came along and was like, I beat you because you stopped at the end of the trail and I went all the way to the parking lot. She's like, I've been standing here talking to my mom for two minutes. I totally beat you. And I was like, I feel like she beat you. Like if she wanted to go to the extra 10 feet, she could have gone the extra 10 feet, but she stopped to be with me anyway. Several minutes later, this mom's son comes running up as she's introducing herself to me and congratulating me on my fast Costco thing. And he goes, there's this boy, the fastest boy in the class. There he goes. And I was like, my daughter beat him by a long shot. And the mom just looked at me like, what are you? I was like, I'm just saying boys aren't always the fastest in the class. I mean, when you get bigger, boys tend to be stronger and faster and whatnot. But when you're this... I, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm weird and hard, you guys. I'm awkward. Somebody wanted to try to be my friend, maybe, or at least was friendly to me, and I ended up offending her because I made a point of emphasizing that my daughter was stronger than her boy. Was she offended? She I, she just kind of looked at me. I, I don't know if she was offended so much as just trying to compute what I was trying to accomplish there. And we... I wasn't trying to anything, accomplish anything. I was just pointing out that... That yes, the boy that he was lauding as the fastest boy in the class may have been the fastest boy in the class, but he wasn't the fastest in the class. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's competition just, runs really. I wasn't. I honestly wasn't even feeling competitive. I was just pointing. You know, I was just pointing out oh. an objective. We theme. don't have many friends, you guys, as you can tell. <laughs> because. For a lot of we are really weird and hard, and nobody wants to be our friends. It's really funny. But uh, we like all of you guys online who hang out with us virtually. Because we can project who we want to be online. That's kind of... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we're not <laughs> fake, but you don't have to put up with us in everyday life. No. So. I, don't, I would hate to put up with me in everyday life. Well, you're not that bad. I put up with you in everyday life. Well, you're not that bad either. It's better if you do the dishes for me, but... I've been trying to make the kids do all the dishes. Yeah. Generally, that kind of works. Unless they fight over it. Yeah. Okay, guys. So here's the deal. I'm going to include a whole bunch of links in today's show. And we're running out of time. Two of the girls are going to go to judo tonight. I told uh, Titus and our instructors that we're going to sit out. We're just just too symptomatic to be in that kind of close proximity with other people. At which point did I tell you that our, our sensei said that he... Uh, sensei is Japanese for teacher. Our sensei said that he is probably not going to be there either because of the same reasons. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> so the cold is going around. Yep. Anyway, it is. Um, if you'd like to send us a message, uh, you can do so on our website, too busy to flush.com. If you would like to join this telegram group we're talking about and chit chat away all day long, um, then you can do so with through the link that I'll include in the show notes. Speaking of, did you see Uncle Vern left the group? Should yeah, he wasn't in the him? group for very long. No, I wonder. It just probably wasn't his jam, his speed. He listens to the he show though. He'll probably he'll probably text us or call him. You know, he should call us with a with a good Tuesday, Fridays, Fridays. Molly, encourage Advent. I bet there's a, like a waiting thing. Ooh, Uncle Vern, you hear that? You got it. You got a challenge now. Bring out the advent in agriculture. Um, yeah, you can join us through the tel- the link I'll include. Um, it's a private group, but with that link, you can. Uh, I mean, feel free to share it to people who you think would be interested. But um, and join the conversation. Typically, people respond to the show, and they randomly post things, and we have random conversations about things, and it's fun. Um, if you'd like to order uh, some swag, like Matthew did this last week, you can order a too busy uh, too busy to flush shirt. Or a people are weird and hard mug, or a hat, um, or a living truth uh, sweatshirt. Kind of some cool stuff there. You can do that on our website as well, toobusytoflush.com. And we are sporadically on Instagram, and that again is too busy to flush, all grammatically correct. So that said, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope, I hope, we weren't too um, schizophrenic. Schizophrenic or weird and hard. Bird! Uh, today's... Squirrel. 
squirrel. show. Squirrel. Yeah. My name's Doug. I love you. You're my best friend. Our kids still can't watch that movie. It's sad. It's too stressful for them. Anyway, so um, trying to get this thing back. Did you add a? Did you have "Behold the Lamb of God" on your? Oh no, I don't have "Behold the Lamb of God." Well, I'll include that link too. All right. All right. Happy first week in Advent, everybody. We will talk to you again next week. Talk at you. To you. With you. With you all week. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) 